Experience God's encounter with Pastor George Zunwa as he takes you through the Word of God. We believe that the Gospel is good news and that God's principle empowers men to fulfill their destiny. For more inquiries, call 0702-5950 or 0702-5951. Jesus exceeds expectation. We are still on our series on Man of God Help. It's a marriage intervention service. And there are four guiding thoughts as we get on this intervention. The first one is this, that no one can successfully do life alone. You can't do life alone. Genesis 2.18, God said it's not good that a man should be alone. And doing life alone is not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about you need somebody in your business. You need somebody in your career. You need somebody to be a ladder for your next level, a lift to your next level, a vehicle to your next level. Don't do life alone. It's too risky. We all need one another. No man is an island. God said it's not good. So if God says it's not good, it's not good. Two are better than one. That's what God said. Second thing, not every two good things go well together. That's what we want to teach for the young people here. Not every two good things. You like her. She likes you. But she may not be your spouse. Love is not enough. There are too many things also involved. Not every two good things go well together. So you can see somebody and love the person and leave the person and walk away. So you don't wreck your destiny. We don't marry for pleasure only. We marry for purpose. You don't just marry who you prefer. You marry who fits your purpose. And you don't choose for where you are. You choose for where you are going. So you must be sure the person is on the same journey as you. The third thing is this. That God only guides people who reverence him. So don't just expect God to guide you. Reverence him first. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his salvation. So if you don't reverence God, he won't guide you. Reverence simply means obey him. Seek his face. Honor him. That's why a lot of young people say, Well, I've been praying. I've been asking God, show me the person. And God is not speaking to you. He can't speak to you. You don't respect him. Your lifestyle, your actions don't respect him. God only guides people who reverence him. And the fourth one is this. Great marriages come by wisdom and intentionality. Brothers and sisters, Proverbs 24, 3 to 6. He said, true wisdom is an house builded. And by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And the multitude of counselors there is what? Safety. I want you to please understand today that you need that wisdom. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4 says every house is built by some man. But the builder of all things is who? So nothing becomes great by chance. No. You can fall off a ladder by accident. You can't climb a ladder by accident. It doesn't matter who wedded you. It doesn't matter what revelation you had before you marry. If you don't take care of your marriage, your marriage will take you out. So it takes wisdom. And wisdom is intentional application of knowledge. You get it and you now Listen, wisdom is not copying notes in church. There are people that take note and don't take note when it's time to take note. They are taking note in church and they don't take note when the time to take note of what they noticed. They just carry their book, finish. You know, when people are writing in church, you think they're going to read it. When I was a younger Christian, I thought it was a sign of spirituality. It's a time of your charity. Some of them have not read their notes since January. 
The reason people suffer loss in church is that no matter what we teach, it's a prescription. They go home, they don't apply it. They look religious in church, but they don't put anything to practice. Wisdom is the application, right application of what you understand. And if you don't apply it, nobody can help you. So today we are looking at help me prepare for a great marriage. Because I believe that when you know better and do better, your life gets better. And God is the originator of marriage. So it's him we come to ask to tell us how to go. Psalm 32 verse 8. He said I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you will go. I will guide you with my eye. Five ways to prepare for a great marriage. Not a managing marriage. You know they are managing marriages. But they are great marriages. How do you prepare? Number one. Fortify your spirituality. Fortify it. Fortify. You will need your spirituality in marriage. Trust me. You will need your spirituality in marriage. Believe me. You better fortify it now. <laughs> young man, believe me. There are things that make young men cry. Some of them are hidden inside marriages. If you don't get yourself fortified. Uh, yeah. Number two, establish personal values. Number three, empty emotional baggages. Number four, develop your relationship skills. And number five, war against demonic yokes. Let's go to empty emotional baggages. You know, a lot of us in our journey of life, we have gone through all kinds of things. And do you know that you can never unexperience an old experience? <laughs> the answer, but the answer to define experience is the experience is what you experience for yourself. <laughs> it's the same place of it. It is you that experience it for yourself. And what you have experienced, you can't unexperience them. And do you know that every one of us, our past is part of our makeup. You don't walk up past time in the follow you, they come. All the things you went through, one way or another, affected your perception of life. Whether in your home, in your career, in church, and all of that. I want you to please hear me well. And that's one of the things that hurts people. Do you know there are people that walk into church? And because of an experience they have with another church, when you do something that looks like what that pastor did, they put you together. Maybe the person came and the pastor that duped him has a beer beer. And he came in here and said, he said oh, this beer beer pastor. <laughs> Why? Because that's what you experience over there. And if you don't empty your emotional baggages, it, it, it hurts your destiny. You see, your emotional baggages affect your sense of completeness. All the things that has happened in your past, that are in your mind, that are wrapped up in your emotions, you can carry them into new relationships. If you don't resolve the old problem, you'll be punishing a new person for what another person did before. Do you know there are some young men that can't trust their gear because when they were dating somebody, she was cheating on them. I said some time ago that marrying a divorcee is a problem. 
The reason is not because a divorcee is a wicked person. The reason is very simple. The man is looking at you with the eye of the other woman. He's looking at you with the eye of the other woman. The woman is looking at you with the eye of the other man. They say, Waka, you go, Waka. He said, Nasoshi Waka, Nasoshi Waka, Nasoshi Waka. You pick a phone in the night, they say, That's how that one started. That's how that one started. Because all resolved issues become matters arising. When you have emotional baggages, it's difficult to process well. It's difficult to make right decisions. Because your perspective has already been darkened. Have you ever been wearing a dark goggle before? You are going somewhere in the afternoon and you are wearing some shades. Suddenly everywhere is looking brown. Why? It's not that the atmosphere is cool. It's that what you are wearing is cool. That's what happens. So, a young man jilted you. The other one did this. The one did this. So now you're, you are in a new relationship and your brain is telling you he will still go. He will still go. And so then they do. He will still go. And so then they do. It's everybody that comes into my life. He go, waka, come out. And so then they do. Okay, what am I going to do now to hold him? What am I going to do to hold him? Okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give him sex three times in a week. I'll go to his house. I'll wash the plate. I'll wash all his underwears. Every week I'll do this and do this. He, he said he wants to borrow money. I give him very quickly. Why? The other one I didn't give him. That's why he packed her. He didn't pack her because he didn't loan him money. He planned to go with the money if you gave him. Emotional baggages. Emotional baggages. You need to drop the things you came with. People with emotional baggages, some, number one, many times they're paranoid. They're very suspicious. Sometimes they're very distant. Sometimes they're very aggressive. And they find commitment very difficult because they're wounded people that need healing. And a lot of people have never gotten emotional healing and they're jumping into a relationship. They came out from one relationship battered, broken, beaten, and then jumped into another one without seeking a doctor. The doctor you need is not a psychiatrist. You need Dr. Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost to wash things out of you. Sometimes you need a counselor to help you process things and get things away. Somebody got married and was struggling. And then the husband said, I need to see pastor. And came for counseling. Since we got married, she won't allow me to touch her. I have to beg and beg and beg and beg for sex. This girl has not been married for two months. He said, pastor, we have not. The first time we tried, she pushed me out. He said, I can't understand. Sent for her. She came in. I found out. She was raped. She didn't process it. Didn't talk about it in their courtship. Didn't tell anybody. But the body of a man repels her. And she's not living with a man. And whenever the man is coming, rape is money. She has emotionally damaged. And yet she's in a marriage. It took a lot of work, prayer, deliverance. What is the bondage you are carrying? When people with emotional baggage enter relationship, they keep comparing the present with the past. And keep projecting past issues into the present realities. May you not lose. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the message translation. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the message translation. He said, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. 
Forget about what happens. Don't keep going. And some of you need to sit down with people to help you forget. Next verse. Be alert and be present. Don't be in the past. Be in the present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's busting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I am making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. Lift up your hand. Whatever in your past is hurting your mouth. Break in the name of Jesus Christ. When we are talking about emotional baggage, you mean the guilt and the regrets you have been carrying. The guilt and the regrets you have been carrying. There are some of you that are carrying guilt of all kinds of things. You need to drop them before you can enter into a new relationship. Some of you are carrying regrets of decisions and actions. You need to drop them before you enter into a new relationship. When talking about emotional baggage, we're talking about the heartbreak that you suffered. You were in a relationship, the abuse you went through, and your heart was shattered. You need to resolve that before you continue. And even if you are married, you can deal with emotional baggages. Some of you are going through one now with your husbands. You need to sit down, get counsel, and know how to shake off that reality. Other people, the emotional baggage are so ties. They were connected to somebody. They wanted to marry the person. And then the person, for one thing or another, it couldn't happen. And they're tied to that man. And now, because that one didn't happen, maybe the man is outside the country, the man is anywhere, he's living his life and all of that. They're married to somebody because they want to have a husband, but their mind is somewhere. And most times it happens with even men. They couldn't get the one they wanted. And now they're married to somebody and they feel stuck with that person. You need to deal with the soul ties. Somebody that your heart is wrapped around. And some people, they have soul ties are people they can't get. You don't know you can have soul ties with pornography? And then they just keep, they can't go. It's an addiction in their soul. If you don't take it away, you can't have a good home. And you better find peace in confession and intimacy with God. That's how to begin to walk away from all these bondages and heal yourself. Find peace in confession and intimacy with God. Walk over to your man of God. Sit down. Open your heart. Go to a counselor you can trust that won't betray your trust. Sit down. Open your heart. When I mean walk to your man of God or go to a counselor, please understand me. There are wicked people. There are things you don't share with a wicked person. So be careful when I say go to a counselor. Please know the person you are dealing with. I told you of a lady that joined this church. And then the husband is another church and has kept saying you must return back to the church. And she said she's not going back. And the pastor said you must return. And all of that. The husband has actually joined us. And the wife returned. And they began to pull the husband back. I sent for her. I said madam. What's the problem? You were here, you were happy. Now you left back to your old church and you are calling your husband back. Did we offend you? He said, Pastor, it's not what she will talk. They stayed there for some time, then she came back to see me. I said, Pastor, I messed up some years ago. And I told my pastor. And he asked me all the details. He knew the man I slept with. He knew where it happened. And he asked all the details. I told him, think I was talking to somebody. He said, when we joined Gateway, and all of that. He got angry. He kept telling me to return. I refused. So he told me that he has a record of what I did. And I was going to call my husband and tell him. He said, and I know my husband, he will never forgive. 
He says, so I have to go back. So she's there now a reluctant member because of the history that the man is holding. So it's, it's not wrong to go for counseling. But when you sit in counseling, look at the person you are going to. There are some of you, all the prophets in town know your story. And you have a church here that has trained people who know how to keep their mouth shut. That pastors who keep their integrity with God. Sit down. Let's talk about it. You were raped, so what? Others suffered rape. You were this, so what? You, somebody slapped you, so what? Others suffered it and you can come out of it. I'm not making light of it. I'm just telling you it is survivable. Nobody's going to betray your trust. But so when I say that, I don't think go to your friend as I want to confess. Practice intentional, emotional emptying and cleansing. Intentionally empty your emotions. Cleanse yourself with the word of God. Cleanse yourself in worship. Cleanse yourself in the presence of God. Let go of the past and enter your future. Let the word of God give you counsel. Find out scriptures that deal with what you are struggling with. And allow God to use experiences of people in the Bible. To, and find books that deal with issues that you have dealt with. That are Christian books. And let it guide you. Memorize the word of God. Keep rebuilding your work. That's how to take go of emotional baggages. And then keep talking to yourself daily in a motivating way. Your self-talk was motivating. If not, you wreck yourself. You failed five years ago, but you keep failing every day by what you tell yourself. Now the young man is saying, okay, pastor, thank you for that, but how do I know who to marry? Yeah, very simple now. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. He said, take delight in the Lord. He will give you your heart desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. That is the New Living Translation. You know, when people read that passage, they say, well, if I delight myself in God, whatever I want, God will give me. No, no, no. He said, if you delight yourself in God, God will give you what to want. Some people think that what the Bible says is if you delight yourself in God, God will give you anything you want. He said, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. No, it didn't mean he will give you anything you want, anything you seek for. It means God will plant the right desires in you. You will desire the right things. That's what you need. That's how to relate with God. So start with that. Delight yourself in God. Be a worshiper. Serve in the house of God. Follow God closely. Live a life of, 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 of submission to the word and the will of God. And then God will give you the right choices, the right decisions. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. People say, well, I want to know. Pastor, you know, I've I, I been praying. Let God give me a vision. You don't really need a vision. How do you know? You know by the witness of your inner man. So I say, my inner man. Look up here. There's a Noah here. You will know in your Noah. There is something here with which you know something. Anytime you remove strange relationships, remove emotional baggage, remove sinful ties, remove all kinds of immoral relationships, anytime you remove all kinds of funny friends around you, deep inside your Noah, things become clearer. The reason that things are dark within you is that there are too many cobwebs. You can't even trust your inner man. You are praying, your emotions already messed up. So how can you know whether God is speaking in your heart? You don't know whether it's Chichi you kissed yesterday. That's bringing up the desire. I like her, I like her. Is it her skirt you like? What do you like? Is it the breast? Because you are carried away by so many things. So you don't even know why you like her. 
But if you take away all those carnal things, and there's some of you that have made all kinds of lists. She must be tall, very yellow, speaks Queen's English, and her mother must be dead. Turn the fire question. You, you put all the list there. Brothers and sisters, your list is a carnal list. God does not give you according to your preference. He gives you according to your purpose. Jehovah knows the journey you want to take. And the man you chose by yourself can kill you. But the one that God gives you will take you there. I told you we don't marry for where we are. We marry for where we are going. You like a toy as a tata, but you can't drive that toy as an adult. That toy you are playing with now as a girlfriend. Don't marry the toy. You need a car tomorrow. When I was a tata, they gave me a toy. I was happy. Voo, 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 voo on the car. If at my birthday somebody came and gave me Volkswagen toy, now witchcraft to be that. So you are playing with a toy now. You think you have found a fiancé. Lift your hand. I declare over you today. My God will guide you. My God will guide you. So how do you know? You know by the witness of there is a Noah. Somebody say my Noah. There's a Noah there. Secondly, you know by an alignment of vision. Alignment of vision. When you start walking with somebody and talking with somebody, you find the way that your visions are together. Not that the man is going to Medigri and you're going to Calabar and then both of you enter the same flight. Are your visions aligned? That's why people keep having problems. Division will always lead to division. Die is two. Die vision will always lead to division. I'm going here. He's going there. How can two parallel lines meet? So, is this person, his hopes, expectations, values, vision, are they like my own? And tell me, you know by the testimony of their character. And that one, you can't find it out until you start dating. You start cutting. That's why in dating and courtship, take sex off the table. Because sex blinds you emotionally. It makes you overcommit. So to walk out becomes difficult. Only men walk out, girls don't. Men sleep with you, finish, and continue their journey. And you get bitter, get angry. They don't miss anything. But you, you lost yourself to them. And you feel so bad. So don't overcommit. It blinds reasoning. You don't assess things well again. But when you start working with somebody, that's why in this church we tell you, all of these hurry, hurry marriages, don't. Minimum six months. And then maximum two years. Get to know the person. Start working with the person. Understand the person. You do that. I'm closing now. But I need you to get that. The testimony of their character. So while you are cutting with the person, you are checking. This person, who is he? Since I said dating him in six months, he has pressured me three times to sleep with him. The person that didn't fear God and slept with you will not fear you to sleep with somebody else. You already know his character. You say, when I marry him, he will settle down. <laughs> Since Adam, have you seen a woman that settled a man down before? You the joke. He said, ah, he vowed to me he will never do it. It's only with me. <laughs> Testimony of character. This man, leave it. This man lies like an animal. Even his good money, you have to check time. Because he gives you good money, you check, it's 12.01. He is always angry. Character. 
If you cut somebody for six months to one year, at least there are some things you will notice. What of his commitment to God? Do you pay your tithe? Yes. Can I see the transfer? No. I want to know you pay your tithe. Why? It's between me and God. No. If I'm going to marry, it's between you and God and me. Because if you are poor, I am poor. If you are cursed, I am under a curse. Did you go to church? Eh, rain fell. Are you salt? You see, listen. The things you think are not important. Those are the things that you begin to say is important after you marry. Because by that time, all this emotion thing have gone. All this I love you, love you. Now, now, romance has cleared. Reality has come. Hello friend, I believe the word of God has challenged and blessed you. And I want to lead you to Christ if you have not given your life to Jesus. Say with me, Father, I'm sorry for my sins. I believe your son Jesus died for me and I repent of my sins. Forgive me, receive me as your own and I vow to follow you the rest of my days. Amen. Now if you pray that prayer, I believe Jesus came into your life and I'm going to believe God that from this hour, you keep going higher and higher in your walk with him. Please find a Bible-believing church and become part of them. And if you can be in Gateway Church, I want you to be there. In Port Harcourt, we are located at 3032 Elipranga Road, off Ada George Road, in Wimpy Axis of My Four Port Harcourt. I have satellite campuses, branch churches within the city of Port Harcourt. Find one and experience God. Settle down there. Get discipled. Begin to grow your work with God. And you have greater encounters with the Holy Ghost as you do that.